The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Week 8 Recap. If you're listening to, if you're listening to the pod, it's Halloween. Happy Halloween. If you're watching the podcast, it may still be Halloween because, as you can see, John Breach is dressed up like a Danger Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Hello, Brinson. My God. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, are you wearing like a... Are you just in an all black? There's, there's my, nope. There's my yellow boots. I got my. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Make it stop. I got, I got my red pants on. This in the podcast, it may be worth checking out the YouTube version, youtube.com slash pick six, yeah. because Breach just showed us his, um, his, his Mickey Mouse bloomers. Yeah. This is the family show, Breach. Yeah. But, well, you can't be Mickey Mouse and not have the bloomers on. What am I supposed to take? Oh boy. Yikes. <laughs> Like if you're hot. watching on YouTube, you see Brenton. You did not from, want to go to the YouTube show because I'm. It's, it's me in a in a dress. Dress up as one of Flintstone. Is that 2013? Right. Um, this is sometime around the time when I ran the the four nine six forty system. Oh right, so 20, 2013 in a another dimension. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. That actually took place in space. Uh, Ryan Wilson, of course, here as well. I, I'll give the. I told the story on the earlier. Do you want to hear the story about the Will Flintstone? No, move on. Uh, I think if anybody wants to hear it, then go back to the early odds podcast that we recorded at halftime, and you told the whole story there. Uh, you know, you should say somebody in the uh, comments just asked how the revenge parlay did, Brenton. Why don't you tell them that instead? Oh, how about the revenge parlay? They tried to kill. It? They tried to kill the podcast parlay. Well, tell us what it was. What were the teams? The games? I right, so. Here, I'll, I will tell you. So the games I came up with, I wanted Belichick against the Jets. And, and, and revenge is loose, right? Spike can count too. Um, I wanted Geno Smith against the Giants, and I was justified in that sense because he even came out and said that was for Ben McAdoo and uh, and, and uh, Jerry, Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese, yeah. Yeah, so like he did want revenge for him. 
Okay. Eaton, uh, RJ vetoed that one. They also vetoed another one. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but I had uh, Dennis Allen against the Raiders. It's all money lines. Okay. Just I those had, two games? Oh. Those two games. And I was like, I was like, I mean, they're going to veto the Gino thing. I was like, hey, could, um, could I, I was like, you know, I, I was going to do Wentz against his old team. And Pete goes, I think you can do put the commandos in there, get revenge against the Colts for trading them wins. And so I did that. And so Washington, the Saints, and the Patriots, six to one. Reven first ever revenge parlay cashed. Congratulations. Now you have to do one every week. No, that's the whole plan. Because Pete hates it, RJ hates it, and EK hates it, our boss. Well, much like the Hall of Fame in which the Will Brinson Hall of Fame, everyone gets in, you can come up with a scenario where every game is a revenge game. Sure. Like, let, let me give you an example. A revenge game tonight. What's the first game we're talking about? Um, I don't know, I'll probably look at the rundown in a minute. We'll take a look. I'll, and then it is this first game we talk about every time we've done this podcast for the past five years. Of Wilson, the Sunday night game. Football. So, Brinson, before we get into the details, give me the revenge sort of angle of Bills versus Packers. Jake Kumaro revenge game. There you go. the revenge game. Every single game goes revenge. There you go. I mean, again, the, the, it's oh, that's us loudly yelling. Oh, boy. Um, the whole the whole point of it is just the music. OnlyFans. Is that what it's called? OnlyFans account? Yeah, I love it. OnlyFans. Um, I should get OnlyFans, I guess. Oh, smash the like button. Come on. If you're in the chat, hit the like button. Crank it up. Revenge, baby. You're like the guy who can do like party tricks, but your party trick isn't like magic. It's like uh ask me, give me any two teams I can give you the revenge angle for those two That's teams. Right. I'm trying to tweet this out. Talk about the Bills and uh, pa Packers got smoked. Well, not smoked. They, they covered, actually, which is um, kind of surprising because they were getting smoked. Man, but, like, the Bills, that felt, the entire second half felt like the Bills kind of messing around while the Packers were busy trying to run the football to come back from down 17. I think they had to run the football because the offensive line was in a state of, of disrepair. There were no wide receivers to throw the ball to. They didn't have... Alan Lazard or uh, Randall Cobb to start. Christian Watson got hurt on the first series. Sammy Watkins was in and out of there. You're throwing touchdown passes to Samari Toure. Uh, Breach, do you know where Samari Toure went to school and when he was drafted? Uh, no and no. <laughs> Montana. Nebraska, Montana, then Nebraska, seventh-round pick. So that's, that's who we're targeting at this point in the proceedings. I will say this, and Breach, we talk about this frequently when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers did not give up in the second half. And my, uh, Matt LaFleur came out at halftime and seemed very fired up during his halftime conversation with the with the broadcast. And they sort of played like that. That said, I think Brinson's exactly right. The Bills said, you know what? This is like um, when you're playing high school basketball and you're the best team in the state and you're playing the worst team in the state and you're up by 800 points at halftime and you're just doing like the Harlem Globetrotters hookie-dookie stuff for the final 20 minutes just to see what you could do. That's how Josh Allen felt like in terms of some of those throws he was making. But while you're doing the Harlem Globetrotter stuff, the bad team hits like 12 straight yes. three-pointers and cuts the lead down. Washington to like, Generals got red hot. Right. And they cut the lead from like 75 down to 12. So it looks like it was a close game. When in fact it was not. And Brinson, I feel like you hit the nail on the head saying that uh, it felt like the Bills were toying with the Packers. Like It was a cat was hitting two, a ball two, of yarn. There's two picks by Allen. We're like, eh, we're not losing. I'm just going to throw him in there. I don't even care. The second and, one was and, terrible. 
Uh, yeah, also, he does. If they're playing the Chiefs and it's twenty three to twenty in the fourth quarter, he doesn't make either of those right, throws. That's right. No. It, it, also, the they attempted to throw on third down with like two thirty five left. They could have run the clock down to the two minute warning. Like, I mean, I know you, you got the game in, under control. They're probably not going to score twice when they've scored you know seventeen points and one was that Torre uh, bomb. But like, man. That throw was a terrible. That was a Josh Allen 2018 throw. Like that was a relatively easy Josh Allen throw that he over he missed by a large margin. Brian J in the in the chat points out, um, no way the Bills are trying to set, try and second half y'all you know, say couldn't close. I mean, I, I don't think that they were like just like I, I do think that I mean they were trying. They wanted to close because they were going for it on fourth. They were trying to pick up these first downs. I the thing the thing that concerns me, and I mean it's it's good to be like aggressive and not be super conservative in that spot and just try to run the clock out and but like. You gotta you gotta you gotta look at the Packers and you see a in the second half an eleven play forty eight yard drive that lasted six minutes and forty seven seconds their their opening drive of the fourth quarter and resulted in a turnover on downs at the Buffalo twenty six you see that and if you're Buffalo just wind the clock and you're going to get out of there and it's just not going to be a problem. So. so you said you were concerned. I wanted to hear the end of that sentence. What are you concerned about with Buffalo Bills? It's just like you don't want to. We, we've seen Buffalo take, and I don't know that they take teams lightly in the playoffs, but like they scored nine points, so it's six points against the Jaguars last year. Like, I, just, you, you, I, don't, I don't think they're like n- non serious or anything like that. It's just, you know, close, knowing how to close out matters, and, and the Packers, in theory, should be a playoff caliber team, although they don't look like one right now. I will say that I have, on a scale of one to a million, my concern level with the Bills is at one, maybe 0.8, because as Breach notes, if they're playing the Chiefs, or the Eagles in a Super Bowl or whatever, you ain't seeing that second half from Buffalo. You're seeing pedal to the metal. And also, as I noted, all the Packers could do was run the ball. So they got a lot of yards running the ball in the second half. End of the day, it didn't really matter. Some mistakes by Josh Allen, of course. But Breach, where's your concern level on a scale of one to a million? And I think what you guys are saying is the point here. At any point in the second half, did either of you feel like there was any chance that the Bills were going to lose this game? Goose egg. No. No, there was just... It was just Green Bay. It took so much effort to move the ball they at all. They couldn't run no huddle. They couldn't run a two-minute offense. They they could not do anything. And until... like point people around and tell them where to go, and like it, it just was chewing up clock. Right, and so maybe it necessarily wasn't the Bills taking their foot off the gas, and the offense was a little less inefficient. But when you're up twenty-four to seven, it's almost like they became disinterested. It was just yeah. like you know what, we've got this game in the bag. Let's just get home and and uh, and also try and start a fight with Jair Alexander. There, there, are, well, there are some people, in the, in, there are like several people in the, in the chat pointing out that they think the Bills are trying to run it up because of the Jair Alexander, just because of the, like that stuff. Oh, not the Jay Kumaro angle? No, no, no. It's just like like Josh Allen's like, screw these guys. You know, they're I was talking making trash. a re- revenge game joke. It's an inside revenge game. Yeah, it's a game. It's a revenge game inside the game. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with Wilson. I am 0% concerned about the Bills. Yeah, there's uh, there's nothing to take away from that game other than the Packers are in a bad way. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think that's a pretty big thing. Yeah, we can move to the Packers. I think the, the Bills are fine. Uh, if, if you're nitpicking, they didn't they didn't close out some of those drives. And they didn't. But they scored three points in the second half. Bang! Look at we love to see it. <laughs> Nicholas hit the revenge game parlay. You love to see it. Um, I guess I can't bet him moving forward. Uh, the um, but the. They did give up a bunch of big runs in the second half. I don't necessarily think that's a huge red flag. Just, just worth noting. I, I think the Bills. Um, Here's the thing. But let, let's move to the Packers though, because we're already we're already ten minutes into this, and the Packers is, is a, they were ten and a half point underdogs. They covered by a half a point. 
it was, you know, they, it never felt like they showed cover or that they were really in the game. Um, I, I do think that even though this is up against the best team in football that we believe is the best team in football, most people do anyway, that the, I mean, it's not a very good loss for the Packers and that they are in a big heap in pile of trouble. They're four games behind the Vikings, a team that won in the most Vikings way possible. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but again, I don't, the reason I have no concerns about the Bills is because the Packers could only do one thing, run the ball, because the offensive line is in shambles, even though David Bakhtiari was back. Aaron Jones went off. But you have no one to throw, literally no one to throw the ball to who most of the people who watch NFL football can name two receivers. And that's just reality. But like I said, credit to Aaron Rodgers for not throwing in the towel, which he has done before when this team is down, and, and battling. But it's just not enough. And I have a theory that's going to be a recurring theme in this podcast, and I'll bring it up now. So Josh Allen... 2018, 2019, he looked like a rookie and a first-year player. And then they got Stephon Diggs, and, and this, the switch sort of flipped in terms of his progress, perhaps coincidental, perhaps not. But if you look around the league, Tua and Tyreek and Jalen, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith. And then you come to the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, and literally nobody. Devonta Smith, uh, Devonta Adams left, and they refused to draft wide receivers. And my sort of What's the, what's the word? Uh, galaxy brain theory is you can have a franchise quarterback, but you might be better off with a, with a really good quarterback and a bunch of skill position players that can help him. Aaron Rodgers does not have that, and he can't make these plays by himself. And as you noted, Brinson, the two-minute offense didn't work because these guys have been running plays in that offense for 15 minutes, and you have to lean on the running game. So I don't think they're out of it because I don't trust the Vikings, but I also think they're this is the worst Packers team. I don't remember the last time the Packers were this bad. I, I pointed this out a lot on this show just because I, I found it fascinating. But um, Jordy Nelson told me and Adam Azer, I think in 2020 or 2021, one of his MVP years for Rodgers, that we, you know, we were like, what's the deal? Why won't they draft wide receivers? He said, you know, why, won't, you know, why don't they just – he's like, he wants to be with guys. He's worked with a bunch who know how to operate on the secondary sort of – when he does that little spin out and he starts – and he rolls, he wants guys to create a second route to sort of freelance with him. And Torrey did that. He's like the only guy who's done that of these younger wide receivers. That's how he got open for the touchdown. And you saw – you heard Consworth and and, uh, and Tariko talk about it. You saw um, Rodgers go up to him. Like, you know, obviously you pump, you score a touchdown. But he clearly did the thing that Rodgers wants him to do. And even though they've always drafted these receivers in the second round and brought guys in and developed them, et cetera, et cetera, they always had one guy who was a stalwart wide receiver for Rodgers, whether it was like Donald Driver, um, it was there until Greg Jennings was ready to take over. Jennings was there until Jordy was ready to take over. Jordy was there until Adams was ready to take over. And they just don't have that now. And I think that is, I mean, it's clearly missing because you know, the offensive line problems are, are an issue as well. But this is, this is not a very good football team. But part of them not drafting receivers could have to do with Aaron Rodgers hurting himself because the front office thinks that he's so good he can succeed with any like we don't need to spend a first round pick with on a receiver because we can get someone in the second or third round Aaron Rodgers will make them look awesome because he's such a good quarterback and now you don't have that as but much quickly he looked mortal this year without any weapons and you just quickly they they compounded the problem by taking Jordan Love trading up in the first round to get a quarterback in, in the deepest wide receiver class ever so I think at some point you got to do something differently and not take draft players at the position where your franchise player currently sits, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean that's, it is, they've made so many mistakes. Just it, it is led you know, 
it was masked because they've won 13 games in each of the past three seasons. And it was, there's no way this isn't going to work. And it was, uh, you get rid of Devontae Adams. And I think the Packers genuinely thought, hey, the offense is not going to take a step back. We'll figure things out. And that clearly hasn't happened. They clearly need an alpha wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. They don't have it. They lost it when Adams wanted to get out. And they're trying to figure it out. And it's getting late to, uh, to paraphrase, oh gosh, what's her name? Scarlett Johansson in, uh, in in the Avengers. It's getting it's getting late early. Oh, God. What kind of Marvel guy are you? By the way, shout out to Tyler Ross in the comments. Ryan Wilson's voice screams Dungeons and Dragons. It should have been in Stranger Things, if being honest. Uh, by the way, the Packers now eight to one to win the division. We're five to one coming in at Caesars. The Vikings minus eleven hundred. Um, great. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the next game on the slate. We're actually going like, to go slate by slate. One p.m. Vikings Cardinals. We talked about the Vikings. Thirty-four twenty-six. Oh, wait a minute. Or the Vikings were the other team on the revenge game. It was the Saints, Vikings, and Pat P. Pat P. Revenge game. Yeah, he has so like, many revenge games. He can keep up with them. He was like, "That's definitely a revenge game." He wants it bad. He'll play. I was like, "Oh, so he'll play harder." He's like, "That's the stupidest thing you've ever said." He did play harder. He said it after the game, which is weird. I know. Um, Vikings thirty-four, Cardinals twenty-six. I'm curious, Wilson. I, what don't you totally believe in when it comes to the Vikings? They're now six and one. They're probably the second best team in the NFC. That's exactly what BMAC said uh, during the, uh, the post game show, the post 4 PM games today on HQ. And I said, BMAC, you need to have the disclaimer that your cousin plays for the Vikings. And he played great for the Vikings. Absolutely. You don't think they're the second best team in the NFC right now. My only concern, he said, Ryan, they have six wins. I said, I get that. My only concern is that they can hear BMAC saying that. (laughs) My only concern is that this feels like 95% of this game felt like the the Vikings, except they won it because they get out to an early lead. They, you know, dilly dally around, let the other uh, not very good team get back into it, try to give the game away, but the other team is so bad that they can't do that properly. And instead of in the Mike Zimmer era, losing the game in an inexplicable fashion they actually won i just don't know if that's sustainable like i i I like the new coach i like the new gm i like the offense justin jefferson is fantastic pat p actually said after the game he played harder because of the disrespect he got from the cardinals on his way out of town but i'm just concerned are they getting better are they stagnating in terms of the way they play from minute one to minute 60 are you guys less concerned than i am about this yeah yeah i'm i'm I mean, the Vikings are, I mean, uh, at this point, a lock to make the playoffs. Like he was, Absolutely. I mean, and here's right. my my issue. Don't get me wrong. They're not going to make the play. They are going to definitely make the playoffs. My issue, I didn't even mention, is Kirby Cousins. Like, is he going to be, which Kirby Cousins is going to show up? That's all I'm asking. Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. W- w- when we get when we get to the playoffs, depending on the matchup, depending on the timing of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Kirby's in that Monday night game, it's over. You're betting That's what against. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Of course, it is difficult to trust Kirk Cousins in a playoff game in a primetime spot in a in a big moment. Um, but like there's just not a whole lot of great teams in the NFC. Not that there's a bunch of great teams in the AFC per se. No, I agree with that. That's right. But the Eagles are under, I mean, the Eagles are still undefeated. The Cowboys look like uh I mean, 
but they're they're going to be around. I mean, they're not going anywhere. They got Dak back, and that defense um, made enough plays. But, but the point being is that, like, I just, I mean, I think the Seahawks and the Falcons are winning the other two divisions right now. If if some by some you know if somehow Rodgers and, and Brady turn it around, maybe it's a little bit different. But I think the I think the I mean I think the Vikings are assuming that you know Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook stay healthy. And they can like this. The scheme works for Kirk Cousins. He's you know it's not he's not he's not fighting an uphill battle against Mike Zimmer. To he's try not fighting to, his coach. Yeah, like he and Kevin <laughs> O'Connor are boys. By the way, revenge game for them next week. Oh God, <laughs> Kirk Cousins at Washington is just a revenge game. Oh it my God, we, just need, we need a separate revenge game podcast. I know, right? We'll call That's, it the revenge game. Oh, good. The point being is that this Vikings team is very balanced. Has some elite weapons. Can hang has, has great home field advantage. That place is tough to play in. I mean, it's so so bright there. Cliff Kingsbury had to wear shades. Skull. And I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that. And they're six and one with a, the Packers completely like imploding. Quickly, I, I should add this name to the list. Kirk Cousins is a beneficiary of having having Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Another example of how really really good wide receivers can help a, a, an above average quarterback, but not. An elite quarterback, although some people maybe think the Kirk's elite. I don't know. Um, oh, let's keep keep going if you want. I was just going to point. Out, I was going to look at um, breach. Any concerns about oh, my? Oh, sorry, I found it. Sorry. Sixty four percent Eagles get the first round by this is Perth five thirty eight dot com. Nineteen um, percent the Cowboys get it. Twelve percent the Vikings get it, and then the Forty Niners point eight percent. So I mean, if you get Kirk Cousins that first round by. And he's got home field advantage throughout. Maybe the scheduling gods are kind to you. Breach, any concern about my Kirk Cousins theory? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course you're concerned with Kirk Cousins. Like, I think one person we've always compared him to is oh, Andy Dalton. Yes. And what does Andy Dalton always do? He was good enough to get his team in the playoffs, but not do anything else. His ceiling was the wild card round. And that's where you feel like you're at with Kirk Cousins. So I do understand why you are hesitant to say, hey, this is the second best team in the NFC. Because then that would imply that, hey, I think this team could get to the NFC title game. And it sounds like you don't have that kind of faith in Cousins. It's just that the Vikings have so many offensive weapons and their defense is just good enough uh, to just help them win. You know, they're not out there giving up 30 or 40 points a game, uh, you know, and they did a good job for the most part today of shutting down the Cardinals offense. And the Vikings, like Brinson said, all the teams in the NFC are mostly mediocre. It's just a bunch of average teams. And the the Vikings are the best average team, which puts them behind the Eagles. Right? Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. And I'm thinking long term. In the near term, they're they're second best team. That's fine. I, I, I think I think there's a chance that I mean, not a chance. I think it's the fact that the Vikings I'll tell you what it is. The Vikings last year were so like so, uh, sort of uh, not schizophrenic, but like uh, they were so up and so down and so all over the place. And you knew the only thing you knew every week was they were going to be involved in a one score game, and there was going to be insanity at the end. And if the other team scored on the Vikings, they were going to crank it up and 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 put up a ton of points. And now it, it feels like they were a lot more balanced, and they're winning these one score games. They feel a lot calmer, which also I think makes them a little less exciting or enticing to to look at because they're not as like you know. and as breach likes to say the head coach isn't trying to be Jekyll and Hyde. Right. somebody chat said that that's better thanks yeah i mean think of all the one score games last year where they were losing your kirk cousins you're on the field and 
you just every time you look over there, you're like, God, Mike Zimmer wants to fight me. I, like, what kind of pressure does that put on you? You're not going to play well when you feel that extra pressure. Whereas Kevin O'Connell comes across more of Kirk Cousins' best friend and doing his best to make sure Cousins succeed. And he feels like the perfect coach for Kirk. If you want a friend, get a dog, Breach. That's what a coach once told me. And I bet Kevin O'Connell would buy Kirk Cousins a dog. Did you see? I didn't, I missed this part. Uh, did you see Patrick Peterson's uh, what he did to celebrate when oh, it was the Call of Duty? I'm glad you uh, thought of that. I forgot about it. He sprinted into the end zone where he quote played an imaginary video game controller in front of the cameras. I think it was Call of Duty. That's what they call it, Modern Warfare. I'm not a gamer, so I don't know anything about that. Peterson smiled. I heard that game just came out. Oh, that is cruel. I think that was a shot at Kyler. He, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> I appreciate you just clarifying. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't a shot at Kirk. Kirk has probably never even heard of Call of Duty. Kirk has like a, he has like a travel van. He's like in. He, also, their, he looked at the uh, the, the Cardinals sideline because it, it, he felt disrespected on the way out of town. And he wanted to go out there and get him. Um, team has a lot of talent. Vikings are good. Packers look bad. They're going to cruise to that division. Uh, Cardinals. They're the, the by the way, Cardinals. Fun fact: only bird team not in first place. Bird mascot team not in first place in their division. You're a. That's nice. a good one. Nice job, Billy. What? Uh, here's the question that I wrote down. How long are we going to watch this Arizona offense underachieve? That was my question after watching this. Three game. years. I'm still until con- Kirk or Cliff, or until Kyler or Cliff is gone. One of them. So I'll ask every week until you guys change your minds or until something actually happens. Is Cliff Kingsbury getting fired this year? I don't think so. Breach, have you changed your tune? Or are you still buying it? I, have the game not, I just do not think that ownership will fire him and pay out his contract after giving him an extension until 2027. Okay. But I also don't think that he can coexist with Kyler Murray for two or three more years because uh, it feels like they get more and more frustrated with each other every single week. And it, it's like a couple that is just thinking about a divorce and then but but you know what they're like you know what? our favorite show is on tonight let's watch that and say another five more years it's like or, that or, they're like, or they're like uh we just had like a we, we just had three more babies we had triplets because <laughs> we <all> said, <laughs> like, that contract know. is like a, the triplets yeah well we already brought the stroller so we might as well use it and stick we together can't bring up now we got triplets like what are you gonna do no, um there yeah, was yeah. a very slow process in getting those calls in for the cardinals too um, what yeah evergreen comment well, and I, I was um, apparently there was a uh, a lady ref who somebody joked but like like gave Cliff like a very like I was, somebody was joking about it. So I was looking for that. I searched Cliff, just like Cliff K L I F F on Twitter. <laughs> that guy is getting just absolutely roasted by Cardinals fans. They're like a screen on first down every time with this damn screen. Well, that's get that kid off the escalator. I don't get why you keep saying like the guy's not getting fired. I mean, he's and Steve Kime who I don't know, but based on his actions as general manager, feels like he's in CYA mode. I mean, he just got an extension. My point is that if it's me or him, it's going to be him if I'm Steve Kime. That's my point. Yeah, if ownership is like adamant that somebody's got to go, then Cliff's the guy who's got to go. Because you can at least say Kyler's here. It's an attractive job. And Kime has been there since, um, I want to say that he started as a scout there under, um, oh God, who's the old GM there? Oh, it's been so. Doesn't long. matter. What's what's the point? But he. Okay, we'll move on. It doesn't matter. I'm just asking. What, what, what's, I mean, the point is he's been there for freaking ever. Okay. So really like. 
I mean, that's what I was saying. It doesn't matter. What's the point? I mean, it doesn't matter who the GM is. I was just wondering what you were going to say. Like, I'm talking to my wife here. She's trying to give me the details of something that is relevant to the story. I can only do that with one person in my life. So <laughs> you're my Cliff Kingsbury. You're getting the axe. <laughs> you guys, Wilson is kind. Personally, I wouldn't take this level of disrespect. Rod Graves, thank you. And Brenton right. along. Next, we'll take a break and we'll come back. More games. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Prince would love to be Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. He has many millions of dollars. He's an extremely attractive gentleman and gets to coach football for a living. Are you admitting that Cliff is more attractive than you? I, I am. I, I think I've said that. <laughs> I think all I think all four <laughs> of the NFC West coaches are more attractive than me. Oh, definitely beat Carol. Name a coach that's not more attractive than Brinson. Um Andy Reid? <laughs> I'm going on a date with Andy Reid for going on a date with you. Oh, <laughs> Who else God. is there? Um Steelers 13. We had easy games we could skip over, but no, Billy's got to get on camera and talk about the Eagles thrashing Ryan Wilson's Steelers in a game where A.J. Brown just absolutely took over. And I think, Wilson, I'm assuming you dialed into this one. Um, I I can't believe this this game ended up being the worst game between uh, this and and Falcons-Panthers, the the early 1 o'clock games I had locally. Um, But I thought Jalen Hurts, one of his best games as a passer in oh, this I'm game. Sure. I'm per- sure Billy can confirm that. Billy, put your clothes on and come talk about your Eagles. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Good job getting your shirt back on real quick. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it was it was a really good performance from Jalen Hurts. But I, I think the Steelers, I mean, they talked about it on the on the broadcast. Tony Rumble said it as well. Teams are just either going to let the Eagles run on them or they're going to force Jalen Hurts to throw the ball. And the Steelers forced Jalen Hurts to throw the ball, and he threw for four touchdowns. And he ran twice. twice. This was his lowest rushing. Uh, I think he had the lowest amount of rushing yards in his game today. He only had like 10 or 15 yards rushing, yeah, which 10, is like 10, 10 rushing yards on two carries. Yeah. Like that's a, that's unheard of for, for Jalen. And he really just showed the world that he can throw the ball. Like that was his biggest knock. Can he throw the ball? Yeah. We know he can run. We know he can do the RPO stuff, but when he's forced to throw the ball, can he be accurate enough? Can he, you know, get the ball downfield to his wide receivers? And he was able to do that. So you know, it was nice to see. Yeah, Jalen has six touchdowns. Jalen has six touchdown passes coming into this game. He now has ten. 
Uh, some some fun facts. Here's second lowest rushing total in the start for Jalen Hurts. The past 18 games, including the playoffs, the Steelers have faced a second half deficit of at least 17 points six times. Yikes! This was such an ass whooping that Gardner Minshew was playing with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And here's the good thing: if you're like again, we talked about this with Debo back in the day when he would talk to us, but he was out on Nick Sirianni over the first month and a half of the season last year, and now these guys. They they're gonna build a statue next to Rocky for Nick Sirianni. They love this guy so next, much. Next to Nick Foles and Doug Peterson. <laughs> yeah, but here's here's why this was, you know, smart and also fortuitous that you're playing this super crappy Steelers team. You play on Thursday night if you're the Eagles. You basically had a buy because you said all your best starters after 45 minutes of some half-ass football. You weren't even trying that they're whipping up on these these clowns. So great news for your starters who have to play on Thursday. They'll be better rested. Um, you know, AJ Brown did three win sprints and caught a couple touchdowns. You take him out. Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey cared so little about this game that he was wearing a Batman mask on the sidelines, like he thought he was trick-or-treating. Hey, Travis right? Kelsey was in the stands, by the way. Travis Kelsey was in the stands, all decked out. I assume the, uh, I assume the guy with the in the hat, the Eagles gear next to him was like Mr. Kelsey. He looks like he looked a like Mr. Kelsey. Hard ass. I mean, he had like God. a Doug Peterson hairdo with the visor on and sort of the, the butt cut. I like that. Um, yeah, so. There are a lot of things to to be thankful for prior to Thanksgiving and and with Helen around the corner for an Eagles fan. Jalen Hurts is ten and zero in his last ten regular season starts, um, which is a franchise record. Franchise record, and this is how bad this Steelers defense is. Forget about the offense, which the one of the first things I wrote down. Matt Canada still sucks, but one of the things about the defense is, uh, do you know how many red zone snaps the Eagles had all day breach? Uh, my guess is that they had, it wasn't many because they, they were scored at, a they lot scored. of long touchdown passes, five touchdowns, one red zone snap. That's and, not, they, and they, and they scored a touchdown on the red zone snap, I believe. Yeah. It was, a, it was a run by Miles Sanders. I believe that's exactly right. So this oh, right, because, uh, uh, AJ Brown should have had a fourth touchdown, but he got caught in the end and then they ran, the, they ran it off uh, left side. They, exhausted from doing all the sprints up and down the field. Yeah. So the Eagles, so here's a question I ask and you can laugh or you can try to take it seriously. Are the Eagles the best team in the NFL? Uh, the the Bills are the best team in the NFL. The Eagles are definitely the best team in the NFC. Look at look at Billy's face. I, I picked the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl, man. Don't, no, well that doesn't matter. I asked you a question. But that doesn't mean anything. If the Bills and Eagles played tomorrow on a neutral field, I would Bills pick are favored. I would pick the Bills. What would the line be? Minus three and a half. What are you talking about, Billy? Why would you? Why would you pick the Bills after because <laughs> he, he had an Eagles fan? What? No, 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 no. But what? Like, when have, when have you seen the Eagles in a fourth quarter or in a second half of a game any time this year show up the way that they showed up? Please tell Billy. me. I'll wait. I will. I will patiently wait because you've never seen that from this Eagles team this year. So God, for you to sit up here and for you to say that you would just <laughs> without a doubt take the Bills over the without team a doubt. that's undefeated without and that has doubt. hold on, hold on, and that has not been down or hasn't been losing in the second half of a game this year, that's crazy. I wouldn't even hesitate. I so wouldn't flinch. Wouldn't, I said, wouldn't blink. The Bills would be, the Bills might be five-point favorites, honestly. I said three and a half, and um, David Nichols in the, in the chat says Bills minus six and a half is the opening line for him. If the Bills have been three and a half, the Bills would get absolutely obliterated. But another and question in the chat, Billy, who, who have the Eagles played? The Eagles straight the victory is under 500 right now, and the Bills is over 500. So Billy, yeah, nobody's gonna crap yeah, the Eagles. They beat the Vikings. I mean, they beat the Vikings. Did we play the best defense in the league? The Cowboys. I, I, we beat them. 
Yeah, but Dak was. That's what everybody was telling me. The I list mean, of best teams. The list of best teams in the NFL. So you're bragging about beating Cooper Rush? Is that is that what's happening right now? No, was, no, no, no. We're talking about the defense. We're talking about the defense. And he was three and zero. He was MVP. That's oh, what y'all were telling me. That's what you were telling me. I can't believe that. We, I can't believe we forgot to do the thing. We're going to do like Survivor Island where we vote some of these games off. And one of us, Wilson, was going to vote off the Eagles. No, too. I was happy to talk about Matt Canada. Billy's going to be so sad when the Eagles lose in the first round of the playoffs. By the way, how about Matt Canada's uh, play call on that first, uh, the the left-handed Chase Claypool throw? Do you to, know the um, saddest part of that play? So, right, they were first in, they were in, something in goal at the two-yard line. They run an end around with Chase Claypool, who's left-handed. He throws a touchdown pass to, to the Watt brother that no one knows, Derek Watt, who's a fullback. And then they have the camera, the same camera that showed Ken Dorsey losing his GD mind, going crazy at the end of that Dolphins like, game. So they show that they show the camera of Matt Canada and he gets a little like obligatory fist bump from his assistant coach. Like, yeah, you're not as bad as we thought we were, you were. You could call a bunch of trick plays. I was he's like, like he's like Canada, Canada stayed like Canada didn't go home this week. And he's like, he's like, all right, I don't have a lot, but I've got this such a mercy fist bump. Get out. Tony of here. Romo gave Tony Romo uh, gave Matt Canada some credit. He was they uh, were well talking him up. Call. Like they, yeah, had they, a, they were talking them up after that call. Like they had a <laughs> chat during the the week. And also, let me. I just knowing what I know about Matt Canada, I can almost assure you that at some point over the past week, that Matt Canada, in a chat with Tony Romo and Jim Nance or whoever he was talking to, pointed out like like made sure that if something good happened, that was his like that he did that he was going to get a lot of credit for. Well, it, it worked because they they were talking them up. Like you would have thought they were talking about uh, Shane Steichen. The even if you were on Twitter, up. everyone was shocked. It was like if we were on a basketball court and you guys walked in and I slam dunked it, your <laughs> jaw would drop because you'd be like, "Breach, you're five foot six. How'd you or if, if you were if you were on a football field and we walked out there and you threw the ball forty yards, like we'd be but like, it's the last thing you would ever expect." And, and so that's why you know, and it's like, why can't Matt Canada diversify the playbook and and come up with? You don't have to have crazy trick plays all the time, but. At least he's, he's always he's on his heels he's, by changing he's, things up. He's not great. Uh, so, right. so wait, so hold on, Wilson. One more thing. When do we get to the point to where Matt Canada is doing a disservice to Kenny Pickett? And man, wait, we're there. We've been. Are you, are you from? Are you <laughs> no, from? No, two, I'm just. I'm, I'm just. I'm asking. I'm just. Asking. Are you from two months ago? Like, <laughs> are you from the past? What are you talking about? Billy, how do, how are you producing this podcast in 2021? I yell about here? this every single week to the, I mean, this, this is what angers me more than anything. Like, I don't care that they're bad. It's, you know, the Steelers have had a great run of success and Kenny Pickett has a lot to prove. He does some things that you're like, okay, I can see that. But he has been set up to fail each and every play by this guy calling plays. He is not helping. And I don't know if... You know, I'll say this, like, you know how we were dunking on Matt Carroll, Matt Carroll, Pete Carroll for the longest time about, oh, Russ Wilson is being allowed to cook. Turns out Pete Carroll was right. I cannot envision a situation where Mike Tomlin is right, will be proven right by history by retaining Matt Canada. No. I don't like people to get fired, but for the love of God, what are you like? What is going on? Like, I am apoplectic. What is that is what I was looking for. Like, I just don't see. I don't see a path for Matt Canada to get this team to forget nine wins to get him to five wins. He is exacerbating the problem. So you think that Tomlin just doesn't want to fire him because he doesn't want to start over mid season with a rookie quarterback. He's not exacerbating the problem. He's the problem. Well, that's the thing. So they're on their bye, And this is the time that we fire people is what the, what the conversation we usually have. Right. Um, but Tomlin, 
guessing, I'm guessing based on his press conferences each week, feels like he's stubborn about the media dictating what he should and shouldn't do. And he's, he's probably thinking, well, you're thinking breach. Like, look, I can stick with Matt Canada and we can win three football games or I can fire Matt Canada. or We can win three football games. So let me not give the media what they want and still suck. And then to the end of the season, move on. But Matt Canada sucked last year with big Ben and he's worse when he doesn't have a hall of fame quarterback. So there are no easy fixes. I don't like watching the same three play calls each and every game, but that's where we're at. And, you know, you just got to deal with it. By the way, just for statistical purposes, uh, AJ Brown, the first Eagles player, Billy, stop. Get out of here, Mr. Burner. First Eagles player with three receiving touchdowns in any half since Kevin Curtis in 2007. And since 2019, Brown scored 12 receiving touchdowns of 25 plus yards. Only Tyree kill with 15 has more over that span. Very great player. Titans could have used him. Another great player who scored three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara as the Saints not only routed, but skunked the Las Vegas Raiders 24 to nothing at pretty good performance by your boy, Andy Dalton breach. What do you, uh, what do you think about uh, old Dalton? Well, I don't want to sit here and say I said all offseason that Dalton would be the better quarterback in the system, but clearly the Saints agree with me. And the thing is, this team is like perfectly built for Dalton. He's doing this even though uh, this is read between the lines, <laughs> <laughs> even though Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry aren't out there. So it's basically just Andy Dalton throwing passes to Alvin Kamara. And then, uh, you know, obviously the run game is a big part of this. And they mix in Taysom Hill to which is something Matt Canada would never do, by the way. He'd be like, no, Taysom, you just stay on the bench. Uh, because you can't help us at all. And so what the Saints are doing on offense is, hey, look, try not to make mistakes, because we saw last week when Dalton threw two pick sixes, they're not going to win. But this defense is good. This is the defense I think everyone thought they were going to see at the beginning of the year when the Saints were trendy pick to win the NFC South. That was you, Wilson, right? Yeah, that's right. And everyone thought the Saints defense was going to be really, really, really good. And then it was, do they have a quarterback who can win them games? Because Jameis Winston was obviously a big question mark coming off his ACL. And even if Andy Dalton was going to play, he was also a big question mark. But this is how they want to win games. They have their defense. You have Kamara going off for uh, 160 total yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and by the way, the this is his 10th career game with a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown, which is tied with Christian McCaffrey, for the third most NFL history. So when you look at this, you know, the Saints looked like they were left for dead a couple weeks ago. There's no way they were going to be competing because the team just didn't look good. And now they're three and five, one game out of first place. And it feels like maybe they're the most talented team in the division. If everyone's healthy on their roster, they haven't had that really yet. But if this team gets healthy, I don't see any reason why they can't win this division. On the Thursday night pod, who predicted the Saints to win the division from here on out? Wilson? I mean, they had the Bengals beat. If, if, if Jamar Chase doesn't catch a 60-yard touchdown with two minutes left, they win that game. So, so like- a, a couple things I wrote down. Don't sleep on 1 p.m. Andy Dalton. We can all agree on that. But I also noted that uh, someone on Twitter put this out. Devontae and uh, Renfro combined for two catches for nine yards is unacceptable. I've been making excuses for Josh Allen, each, uh, Josh Allen, Josh McDaniels each and every week, and Derek Carr by extension. It, are we at the point where Josh McDaniels is – not fitting the system to the players and then trying to fit the players to the system. And it's just not working. Should we now include Derek Carr in the conversation of old quarterbacks who are now washed? Like, I don't know what to make of this Raiders team. Cause I, I got to quit making excuses for them. They got their doors blown off 
against what's Andy's middle name, Breach? Gregory. Andy Andrew Gregory Dalton. Anthony Romero Dalton. Who's down with AGD? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Who's down uh, with By SDG. the way, you can, uh, you know, Derek Carr got a contract extension this past offseason, right? Didn't he? A little different than Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, though, because not very much. Uh, no, 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 no. I was, but don't you remember? I was like, I was trying not to be a, like a, a jerk about it because, you know, Derek, the Carr family already hates me. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I thought Derek Carr would have a great season. As it turns out, I was just dead wrong. Um, not once. In any reporting within 24 to 72 hours of the contract exchange for Derek Carr was anything about guaranteed money mentioned. That is That never happens with NFL contracts. They didn't mention a single thing about the guaranteed money, and there is an out after this year. So what, a, what about my larger question? Well, I, one part of your question, Wilson, is that, look, uh, Mark Davis had another sit-down meeting with Josh McDaniels. Today? And- Yes, today. Oh, so that's gosh. the second time in eight weeks that the owner has called the head coach into his office. And I'm sure he's saying something like, what the hell, man? Why is this team horrible? How do we get shut out for the first time since 2014? What is going on? And if you're Josh McDaniels at the end of the season, I mean, aren't you throwing Derek Carr under the bus like and saying, hey, yes, this is my offense. It worked in New England. It's clearly the quarterback's fault. If we get rid of Derek and bring someone else in. So I, this situation someone is else named Mac Jones, Thomas <sighs> Edward Brady. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, Brady almost ended up with the Raiders when Gruden was there and Gruden nixed it. We saw that report from over the summer. And if Brady still wants to go to Vegas, uh, you know, if he wants to play one more year, the path is there because he can play next year without any infighting with his family. So uh, it, maybe Tom Brady ends up with Josh McDaniels. That would be pretty well. Brady in Vegas would be Brady There's no way that Tom Brady in Vegas. Hello. There's no way Josh McDaniels is one and done. So is do it? you think I don't think Derek Carr and McDaniels I'm, both return next year? I'm asking about Josh McDaniels. I don't know. I'm not that's, well, my, that's my answer to that question. The, I think one of them is, is, uh, is Dave is it Dave Ziegler? Is it Ziegler? Yes. Dave Ziegler from New England. Like he came over with McDaniels. It like you have this disastrous run for like two decades, and then you bring in John Gruden thinking you saved the Raiders. They're not very good. Gruden goes out in a, a, a humiliating fashion and, and hard, like, you know, just, I mean, just like a scandalous fashion. And then you bring in Josh, you, you lure McDaniels away from New England for his second trip as a head coach. You can't go one and done on him. But the two meetings are definitely a red flag. Well, that's the thing. Like, you can't go one and done on him in theory, but if the, the owner who has a bowl cut and loves to crush Chicken wings, a second time away from from the barber shop and and the the chicken wing shop to have meetings and with his PF, and PF Chang, PF Chang's if, to to meet with the the coach who's underachieving. That's a concern, and I like I I think that I'm all out of making excuses for Josh McDaniels because while he seems like a different coach than when he was in Denver, where he seems sort of arrogant and know it all, and he feels feels like he's learned from that experience. This team sucks. Like there's no other way around. I'd rather it. be arrogant and like win a couple games to be like you know. And you can say, listen, Josh McDaniels, this isn't his defense. This is his offense. They have Devontae Adams. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. I mean, if Rick if Rick Masachi can get the most out of Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels doesn't have an excuse. So I, I don't know what to make of this train wreck. I still think they're better than the Cardinals, but that that's it. And maybe the, they might still, still be the second-best team in the in, – um, no, the third-best team in the division, but they're better than the Cardinals in terms of the – Who, the Raiders? I mean, they beat yeah. the Broncos, right? Right. They're better than the Broncos. They beat the Broncos, who are now ahead of them in the standings. 
Um, so, like, I don't, somebody, somebody asked, why can't you fire Josh McDaniels? I mean, you can. You can. I, I do think the same sort of thing applies with the Cardinals as it does with the Raiders in the sense that Mark Davis doesn't want to pay Josh McDaniels not to work there. And Josh I, I think a, you put too much. There's a lot of truth to that, but I think at some point you get tired of losing and get tired. And these, here's the thing: like owners, um, GMs, coaches, scouts, everyone, they read too way too much news and they put way too much stock in it. More than like we sort of understand a lot of this is just nonsense. And I think at some point you get tired of being the butt of the joke, and you're willing to eat the salary if it means getting better. That's the whole reason that he made Jack uh, Jack McDaniel, Jack Del Rio, stand up and and say, I'm, "I got to fire myself because we're going to hire John Gruden to fix this." Meanwhile, but, even though, but, I, but like Gruden wasn't good and he wasn't going to fire Gruden anytime soon. Now they Gruden's, were, no, Gruden's a were, whole different ball of wax because it's you know we don't we you know what, why don't we why don't we deep dive on let's deep, let's talk about this on Monday we'll talk about this on the Monday show Josh yeah. McDaniel Josh McDaniel and Cliff Kingsbury's job status. All right, what are we pivoting to? We'll pivot. To another game, Patriots yeah. Jets revenge game number oh, one. Can I ask a question at the, sure. at the stop at the start? So, uh, Breach, I'll ask you because you look really smart wearing those stupid ears. Yes. Joe Flacco was not active for this game. Mike White was after the game. Robert Sala said that Mike White will be the number two going forward. Should Zach get injured, Mike White would be the guy. Um. When are we going to talk about putting Zach Wilson on the bench for just being a terrible quarterback? Because holy crap, he looked like dog dookie on a hot summer's day in North Carolina. I mean, this was hard to watch. Some of the those interceptions made Mac Jones look like Tom Brady in his prime. And I think there has to be a conversation about how long are we going to put up with this? Because as I say all the time, this is the 2010 Jets where running game defense um, Brees Hall is obviously hurt for the season, which is bad news. The defense is still good, but you can't have Zach Wilson out there doing the things that Zach Wilson did. And you must be thinking about a plan B. And that might be the plan B. Maybe this is a situation where, uh, Robert Sala is trying to kind of light a fire under Zach Wilson saying, look, Mike White's not third train anymore. He looked good last year for a couple games. We're going to put him right behind you. If something happens to you, he's in. And if you keep struggling, he might be in, uh, you know, I, I feel like Sala is hesitant to pull the court on Wilson just because he's such a high draft pick. But, you know, when you're two and five, you have a little more leeway. You can be hesitant because you can say, yeah, things aren't going well. Let's just see how he plays out. Maybe we'll do something after the season. But when you're five and two going to a game like this and now five and three, that's not there because you think, hey, if we get this quarterback situation right, we can get to the playoffs. And right now, I feel like Zach Wilson's quarterback is going to get this team to the playoffs. And I think that's what Robert Sala is going to do. Zach Wilson will or will not? I think, no, he will not. Okay. No, I agree with that. I think he did not look great at all. Brenton? Not look great at all. He looked. And uh, did we. Oh, I know. Let me find this quote real quick. This the is... only thing I'd say in Wilson's defense is that a lot of first and second year quarterbacks look horrible sure. against Bill Belichick. So listen to this, this quote. This is uh, from Rich Semini of ESPN. Interesting quote from Zach Wilson. Re the second and third interceptions. Every time I get out of the pocket, it just gets frustrating to just throw the ball away. That's what I've done the last four weeks to put us in a good position to not turn the ball over and for us to win. So I need to be able to keep doing that when something's not there. It gets old getting out and not seeing anything there. That is a problem. 
It, who's he? Is he calling out the receivers, or is he saying he's not patient enough to throw the ball? He's away? just saying I'm not patient enough not to throw. Yeah, that's t- that's that's not great because those interceptions were were mind-bendingly terrible. <laughs> like they were arm punts of the most arm punny variety. It, it's a throw that you make at the end of a game when there's one second left and you're down by forty. I don't know what in God's name he could be thinking other than what you just laid out there. And listen, here's the thing. Mac Jones did not play well. Like if you look at his stat line, it looks okay. He has some interceptions that were brought back because of a, a late hit on, on John Franklin Myers, which was questionable. Um, and But he did, he did not make a lot of good throws. But the difference is, at least last week, he got benched for Bailey Zappi. It feels like Mike White is not far away from, from seeing the field because this team, the Jets, have overachieved. They're right in the mix. They're it. They're in the playoffs if the season ends today. Yada yada yada. And you cannot have your quarterback torpedo everything in an in a on a team that's built around defense and the running game. That is, I don't know how you fix it. Well, the one thing I would say to that though, as bad as Wilson was with his three interceptions, is uh, if you don't have that much faith in Wilson, why are you asking him to throw the ball forty-one times? Do you just give up? Uh, this is, you know, if this was a, a a forty to ten blowout where you had to throw the ball because you were, uh, you know, you're in comeback mode the whole time. It was time. always about a one score game for most of the game. It was a one score game for almost the entire game till late in the third quarter when well, the, the, the Patriots went up nineteen to ten. Mm-hmm. Well, let's point out too that there was a moment, I believe, in the second quarter when Mac Jones made a Zach Wilson esque interception. That was housed and then called back for roughing the passer. And yeah, I just mentioned the John Franklin Myers hit that was questionable. But I mean, like that changes the entire complexion of this game. It doesn't preclude Zach Wilson from throwing two terrible interceptions later. I mean, fair enough. I, I get it. And Robert Sala was, I thought he was going to fight somebody on the sidelines. He was so angry with some of these calls. And I get it, understand 100%. That doesn't mean Zach Wilson go out there and play hero ball and just throw some of the worst interceptions you've ever seen. Um, I, I think it's worth noting, people were asking about Justin Fields in the ch- in the chat and how like he made Belichick, like he you know did well against Belichick. Uh, Robert Kraft pointed out in, in his post game uh, when he gave a game ball to Belichick. Have you guys seen that video, by the way? It's uh, Belichick after he, so he gives a game ball to Matt Slater, who now has a set, played in the second most games of any Patriot of all time. I assume that the first is Tom Brady. Um and then they were like, Kraft gave a game ball to Belichick. And after they got done, Belichick's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, but he he said, he's like, I think Papa Bear George Hollis was was there on Monday making sure that didn't happen. He still got some sway. Uh, but then a- afterwards, McCordy and um, McCordy and Slater started dousing Belichick with like water bottles in the middle of the locker room. It's kind of, it's kind of an awesome video. I highly recommend checking it out. But point being is that Fields, like many of the quarterbacks who have given Belichick fits, many of the first and second year quarterbacks who have given Belichick fits, is a mobile quarterback. And that'll be interesting to see with Sam Ellinger this coming week. But the those guys typically, the pocket passers, the early first and second year pocket passers, Belichick just, I mean, chews up and chews them up and spits them out. By the way, quickly, the the interception you were talking about the that wasn't the pick six for Mac Jones was called back because of the John Franklin Myers roughing in quotation marks. Happened the second quarter. The Patriots went on a 16-0 run after that. Uh also worth noting Wilson in three games against the Patriots, one touchdown, seven interceptions. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like I don't think Zach Wilson is playing well right now. It is, he, it, 
everything that's going on with him is obviously a huge red flag. I'm not going to put a t- <laughs> everything. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like the, his, his his level of play is a red flag, but I'm not going to put too much stock in a game against Belichick and the Patriots uh, because. But this isn't a one-off. This has been sort of a thing. I, By the saying, way, uh, one thing quickly, Ian Harditz, who works for PFF, I, I, I Harditz. Uh, he tweeted this out, and I saw this. I thought it was hysterical. Zach Wilson is like if Patrick Mahomes played every game blackout drunk. That's exactly <laughs> how he played this game. It's like if Patrick Mahomes beer bonged 50 beers and went out and just said, I'm going to wing it, and whatever happens, happens. And that's what that looks like. Man, he has really not been that great. Uh, and I threw this out to Branson during the uh, early odds podcast that Belichick is now 30-6 and six against first- or second-year quarterbacks. Uh, since the beginning of the 2014 season. And I know someone mentioned Justin Fields. They show, or the Patriots struggled against him, but the, he has struggled against mobile quarterbacks because three of the six losses are to Tua. Um, and then the other three, Andy Dalton. Uh, wrong. No. Justin Fields. Okay. Lamar Jackson. Close. And uh, I'll give you guys each one guess on the six. Josh one. Allen. Close. Russell Wilson. Did you wrong. Ben Roethlisberger. Russell Wilson's predecessor in Denver. Trevor Simeon? Oh, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Yeah, we Locke saw that on the, on the thing. All right. Uh, move on. I think Zach Wilson is, is going to be – I don't know. Which, it's a tough spot for the Jets. Okay, it's week eight. Week 12, who starts for the Jets? December 1st. Who's the starter? Yeah, I'll exactly. see Zach Wilson still. Mike White. You gotta go down. not I mean, Zach Wilson. The guy's second overall, man. You can bench him this early. Did, did you see him play today? He's he looks 23 like a, years old. And, okay, whatever. You Have you seen for, their next two games? Who is it? After getting – Somebody down by the Patriots. Patriots. It's the Bills and then the Patriots again. In New England this time. Yeah, 100% Mike White. Okay. Yeah, Mike White's definitely going to beat the Bills and the Patriots. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, oh, poor Dan Campbell. Next. (laughs) Dolphins 31, Lions 24. I said Dane Campbell. It's like, who was that? Dan Campbell. Um, Dan's twin brother. Well, the the Lions (laughs) were... Rolling in this game, they got out to a, I believe, twenty-one-seven lead. Yep, fourteen nothing. Five minutes in the third in the first quarter, twenty-one-seven in the second quarter. Came out guns blazing. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then Tua and Tua and Jalen Waddle answered quickly. Jalen Waddle, he tried the other guy who's pretty good. Tyreek Hill, but yeah, Jalen Waddle caught both, both of the uh, touchdowns, I believe. So Tyreek Hill, this is his fourth game with 160 or more receiving yards. It's crazy. Which the season record for an entire season 
is five games of 160 more yards. So literally Tyree kill could break a season long record in week nine. <laughs> That's how insane his season is right now. And here's the thing about Tyreek. Like he's five eleven, maybe there's no way he's six feet. He might be even be five ten. I don't know. He wins every single contested catch, every single jump ball, every single time. It is incredible how good he is. And again, this goes back to my my new theory. Have a good quarterback surrounded with fantastic playmakers like Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, and you can do some damage. And we're seeing that week in and week out with Tua, who it turns out is really good. Like Tua is really good. And, you know, Prisco gave him a hard time about no fire in the belly and all that. Tua is a really good quarterback. And you could argue that he's giving Justin Herbert a run for, for his money in that draft class. I think that, unfortunately, Joe Burrow remains the number one unquestionably breach in that draft class. Thank you. Um, but Tua was fifth overall. And we're like, hey, you should have took Justin Herbert. Maybe they should have took Tua. Yeah, and you know, one thing that really impressed me was their ability to convert on third down. They were 8-12, but it wasn't even just that they did that. It was that they, they just some huge big – there was a third and 13, boom, throw it up to Tyreek Hill. They convert. There was another third and 13, boom, conversion. I don't know what the Lions were doing on third and long, but it wasn't playing defense because <laughs> the Dolphins were just – just it, they made it look so easy – when it's not supposed to, third long is not supposed to be that easy. And that was one thing that really impressed me about Tua's ability. Uh, and also, it does help to have Tyreek Hill. There's a couple times where Tua just throws it up and he expects Tyreek to make the catch, and then he does. And it is a difficult thing to stop. Um, so, you know, I, I am surprised this game wasn't. What do you guys think about this tweet? Oh, God. Is that March was that old take exposed? March 23rd. No, actually. You uh, believe. Uh, or, um, Podcast listener said it was like, y'all need to talk about this today. So for people listening, Pete Prisco on March 23rd, 2022, tweeted out, presumably shortly after the Dolphins traded for Tyreek. Pete says, Hill won't make Tua good either. No, you know what? He will make him great because that's exactly what's happening. I, I do think it's the combination of uh, of uh, of Tyreek and Mike McDaniel, though, in that offense. And, and giving – because we talk about how like, you know people – like to rip on Jimmy G or whatever, but Jimmy G operates as a point guard in Kyle Shanahan's system. And to a, I think, you know, much higher pedigree of, of you know, player in terms of where he's drafted. Where he's you said that. I agree. But like he's a, he, he operates so well as a point guard. And oh, I thought you were going to say two is a better quarterback than Jimmy G. Well, I mean, I think right now, yeah, of course. Okay, good. No, I'm Who's glad. Handsome? Okay. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy G. There are a few people handsomer than Jimmy G. But go uh, ahead, Brinson. But like, but, but to a, this offense, to a, it's sort of like the opposite of the Chargers. Right, was that Justin mean? Herbert is so lethal down the field, and Joe Lombardi just won't let him cut loose. Oh yeah, no, that's right. Tua is if Tua were in like a Bruce Arians offense, it would probably not work great. But in a Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan style offense, where he operates as a point guard and distributes underneath and lets his playmakers make moves, and then understands when to take those shots, and Mike McDaniel is catering to his strengths. It's good coaching. I'll now, say this: like when Tua is in trouble, he will throw a jump ball. And the worst case, it's an arm punt interception, which rarely happens. Also, Tua throws with better anticipation probably than 95% or higher of the quarterbacks in the NFL. It is insanely amazing how good he is at throwing, making anticipation throws. And it happens each and every week, and he's accurate on top of it. So one of the knocks of Tua coming out was that he didn't process very well. 
I have no, he may be the dumbest person on planet earth. He is one of the best quarterbacks on planet earth, given the way he plays and a, a credit to him and a credit to him, by the way, for sliding today after last Sunday night's game where he took two stupid hits by trying to, and then he almost down. broke his leg sliding. Cause he uh, slides so awkwardly. And I think they send the broadcast that he doesn't really know how yeah, to slide. Like, I'm a really bad slider. Like it is not a slide. level bad slider. I, I am not a good slider. I can tell you it is uncomfortable. Not, how are you not a good slider? I'm a great slider. You, yeah. I'm a slider too. Do you play baseball growing up? Yeah, and I always slid head first. Mickey Mouse was like, what are they asking this guy? He's a good slider. I slid head first. I don't oh. slide legs first. My, my cleat but was slid, pegged in. I, I know. Leg slider, you slid head first? Were you like Pete Rose guy? Tua would think that Tua probably thinks if I slide like this, I'm not good at it. I have a better chance of getting injured on the slide than I would taking this hit. I he, I was very particular about sliding. Like, I'm a great pop-up slider. That's something you just practice. It takes 15 minutes, so you know how to do it. Yeah, because you got to get the leg underneath and then you pop up. That's all. That makes what? Yeah, Sliding on dirt in a baseball field, I think, is easier than trying to slide on field turf. Okay. Making Not excuses for I'm trying to make it for two. I understand it. I understand. That's all I'm saying. I want to watch it. Now I want like a video of Breach trying to slide. Oh, yeah. In the mouse that. costume or no mouse costume? All right. Let me ask you this uh, about the Lions. What's the bigger issue? Fixing the defense? Oh, God, Aaron Glenn, I want you to keep your job so bad, but it's, it's not looking good. Or <laughs> getting a quarterback. Because it feels like Jared Goff actually isn't the problem, but they're going to have a high pick, it looks like. And are you going to focus on the defense? <laughs> it or are you going to look that way? It does look that way. Um, so I, my theory with the Lions and this whole, uh, whole strip for another team. I'm trying to think who it was. I completely just can't think of it for some reason. But the, the idea is that they traded for golf, knowing they would get picks back from the lot from the from the Rams, obviously. And then that golf, who GM Brad Holmes was there when he drafted him, they like him enough and believe that he could be the guy who, in theory, allowed them to win some games and just sort of you know build some culture while they decided who they wanted to pick without being desperate to take somebody in the first round. Yeah. I still think that's that's what they're trying to do, but the problem is they're just not winning games. But it's not. I don't think it's Goff's fault. I don't think so either. I just. I think I, he's played. He's exceeded expectations. They're they're just. I think they're going to keep golf as long as they can, and then hope to evaluate a quarterback that will fit what they want in in the QB and also where they are in the draft. Like if they have the first overall pick and they like one of these guys, they're probably going to take a quarterback. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, I don't know how much college football you guys have been watching outside of NC State, but uh, Jalen Carter, you know Jalen Carter from Georgia? Number 88. He's he's like oh, yeah, better. I was like, he's, I was like, he's not the quarterback. He's, he, you know, he's better than any of the Georgia players that came out last year on defense. So, you know, everyone knows Will Anderson. So would you rather have Will Anderson opposite of Aiden Hutchinson, for example, or Jalen Carter in the middle of that defense who's going to be looking a game wrecker? Or would you rather have any of the quarterbacks if you're the, the Lions? But, I, I, but I, I think that's kind of my point, is that the Lions don't want to be forced into taking C.J. Stroud over Will Anderson if they have the yeah, first overall I think pick. you take Will Anderson and say... Yeah, you, you take the best player... And don't reach for the quarterback that you don't actually believe in because there will be more quarterbacks. Like, they're, you know, I mean, I, I know it's it's hard to evaluate them, but, you know, like, I mean, nobody, you know, uh, we got Will Levis at Kentucky, Hayden Hooker at Tennessee. And I don't know, I don't know if yes. these are great pros. I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. like, Bryce Young. Of course, Bryce Young. Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But the point being is that they're, they're, you have a lot to choose from. If you don't love one, you're way better off taking an elite defensive player and riding out golf one more year because you're probably going to have a high pick next year anyway. And that's where I'm very curious to see how they handled Dan Campbell 
will he be given enough time to try and continue along this rebuild? I think he will, but I mean, obviously. Breach, Breach as a fan of a team that has been historically bad, how long do you stick with Dan Campbell, who I actually like? Well, if the Bengals didn't stick with Zach Taylor, there wouldn't have been a Super Bowl run. So I think yes, there, there is have. there <laughs> is something to be said. Here's the thing. If you're a Lions fan, you're dealing with all the Matt Patricia era. You bring in Dan Campbell. Last year it was, oh, we had all these moral victories. At least we were in the games. And you're okay with that because of the disaster you just went through. This year, that's not okay. This year, you want to win those games. This is, hey, look, we're in these games. Why can't we win them? Is this a coaching thing? Is this uh, the Vikings last year who were losing all these one-score games, and now they're winning them because they made a coaching change? Do they have the talent to do that? I mean, you look at the Lions and what they've done over the last three weeks, over under three points that they have scored in the second half over the past three weeks. It better or, be over. Or, or exactly three. I mean, I would. I'm going to guess exactly three now, but it better be over three just for it's under it is zero. They have not scored a single second half point in their past three games. By the way, Breach, sorry to interrupt you, but Brinson, if you look at Breach, the Mickey Mouse thing is killing me, but doesn't look like he, Hold on. Doesn't it look zero in the arm? The ears are flapping. Doesn't it look like he's wearing like a a wig? Like that's not his real, real hair. It's like part of the costume. Like, look at that. It's like a, it's like a, the worst hair piece ever. It's like when, uh, did uh, Tobias wear a hairpiece? Because I feel like that's what this is. I remember he got the uh, he got the um, they they tried to do the charitable thing, the save our blues thing, and like they're like, what's his condition? He's like, he has hair plugs, and they're killing him. But to breach, I, I got distracted by your your fake real hair. But your point but is, long that- story short, the Lions have been outscored forty eight to nothing in the second half over the past three weeks. Is that a coaching issue? Is that a Jared Goff issue? Is that a defensive issue? That whatever it is, it's an issue. Yeah. And so you've got to find the root of the problem. And so I, I think that Dan Campbell probably gets at least one more season. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, I, I do think that if you're the owner, I think he actually got a vote of confidence from the owner in the past week. Um, if he, if this, if the rest of the season, if they only win three or four games, then you say, all right, I got to think about replacing him. If he doesn't turn things around in 2020, I haven't mentioned this in a while because I am a Dan Campbell fan, but our buddy, Michael Davis Smith, the PFT tweeted this out. And it reminded me the lions fired Jim Caldwell for going Was this last week. Did you tweet it again today? Okay. The lions fired Jim every week. It's okay. Okay. Let me say it. The lions fired Jim Caldwell for going 36 and 28 since then. They played 70 games since then. How many games have they won of those 70 games since firing Matt Patricia? Or Jim uh, Caldwell, excuse uh, me. 19. Under 20. Yeah, 19. Did you say 19? 18. Big... 18, okay. 52, and two. Right. So, yeah. right. Moving along to the somehow the most exciting game of the day, oh, arguably. Oh what a game. Falcons, 37. Panthers, 34. <laughs> this is a breach special. Oh, he missed. He missed. Oh. God, he missed twice. Oh, my God. Well, okay. So, okay, Wait, so can I just say real quick? Let me say real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Brinson and I are on the early odds podcast, and Brinson goes, oh, the Falcons uh, should have handily won that game. And I pointed out two things that said the Panthers should have handily won it. Then Brinson pointed out two things before those things that the Falcons should have won it. And it was just like, we're like, oh my God, just the recap. This game was bonkers. It was absolute bonkers. That's so all. let me ask you both. Who is more responsible for the loss? Eddie Pinheiro or um, who took his helmet off? DJ Moore? DJ Moore. It has to be Pinheiro because he had a chance to redeem it in overtime when the Panthers got the ball and it was sudden death and he could have kicked that field goal. Plus, 
I know the extra point was much longer because DJ Moore took off his helmet. Forty. But there's no extra point if DJ Moore doesn't run that route and make that catch. And I kind of hate that rule. Breach, like, what not, do you not, think? Not from a Panthers standpoint, but just like yeah. the dude just caught. He caught a maybe. I mean, Mahomes tweeted about it. Mahomes like that's the best throw in the season so far, bar none. Like it was impossibly far when PJ Walker. I think he was on his own forty and just dropped back and threw a dime. Dropped in the bucket. Breach, who, who are you blaming, Breach? Uh, I'm putting it 90% on Pinheiro. And oh, wow. Okay. I agree. We all agree. For that is what Brinson said, is that yeah. he had that second chance in overtime. It's the second possession of overtime. So a field goal wins the game. And, it you know, this is not a 55-yard field goal. This is a 32-yard field goal. Chip shot. And if you make it, no one's talking about the DJ Moore helmet thing. Nobody's talking about your missed extra point. Nobody is talking about anything except for the crazy fact that the Carolina Panthers are in first place heading into week nine. But no, you missed it just the same way you missed the extra point. And go. And you could argue. I had, I, had a, I had a tweet like I was about to send out as he's lining up for that extra point. That was like, because NFC, NFC South was going to be three and five across the board. And like, we were tracking towards the possibility of a team being um, eight, eight and one. Uh, what, what, uh, six and six, six, ten and one, six and eleven, and winning this division like that would be incredible. And yet, it didn't happen. Breach. Uh, what are wins over breach off the top of your head? What are the chances that a an NFL field goal kicker makes a forty eight yarder? A forty eight yarder? Here's forty. It, I mean, it's not high. It's probably like seventy seventy five. I mean, it, it's it's high. Yeah, that's so high. Forty eight or forty four? No, it's forty eight. It's forty eight yeah. extra point because a fifteen yard penalty. So he should have he should have made that. Yeah, I mean a 32 yard field goal is a much higher probability. Then you're talking about like 98. percent So after the game, here's what he said: It hurts. I love this team, and I know they've got my back, and I know it's not going to define me as a kicker. Everyone misses kicks. Unfortunately, my time was today. I'm going to bounce back and be ready to kick. Breach is he going to bounce back with the Panthers, or he's going to bounce back somewhere else? Yeah, he's probably going to bounce back somewhere else. And the thing is, kickers say that, but misses like that can stick with you if you're uh, not stick with him into overtime. When he's well, well they, I, absolutely. <laughs> That was good. And look, Steve Wilkes isn't tied to Pinero. That was Steve Wilkes ain't tied to the team. But... He's well, he's not tied to anyone, so he's going to have no problem saying, "Yeah, this guy just cost us a game. I don't know if I want to hold on to him." Uh, and you know, by the way, I will say that since this century, there's only been one kicker who has missed an extra point in the final 30 seconds of regulation, and then also missed a oh, potential gosh. game-winning field goal in overtime. One kicker besides Pinero. Randy Bullock. Wrong. Jim Breach. Wrong. But you guys were on the right path because it is a Bengals kicker. Oh, is it the guy that? Oh, it's Evan McPherson. In week oh, one. week this year. And the Steelers. Wow. That's yeah. the only other time it's happened in the century. And, you know, McPherson, he oh, bounced long, back the, fine. The long yeah, snapper got hurt. Oh, right, right. Badly. And he bounced back fine, but he's got, like, the big game mentality. Pinero's not, you know, he's kind well, of bounced he, he, around. He was a high-drafted player for a kicker. He'd already made a bunch of big kicks last year. He was dealing with a backup holder. Pinero just got hosed by DJ Moore, but again, DJ Moore caught the ball. Yeah, DJ Moore didn't hose him. You got to make right. The Ed, Ed McPherson missed those kicks, knowing his job was not on the line. This yeah. is different with Pinero. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but um, and not not that it really matters, but there's yeah, really. a really. local uh North Carolina television station was like doing a pregame thing. They're like, yeah, it's like coming up at one o'clock. The Panthers take on the Falcons in Atlanta. We've got a video of 
Eddie Pinot on the field taking some selfies. And he's just like down there, like walking around for like 30 seconds. And not that, again, not that big a deal, but. But the optics of it look bad afterward. Could could have been practicing kicks instead of taking selfies. Yeah. So I said this when Steve Wilkes was named interim coach. He could go undefeated. He's not getting this job. He's not getting this job, right? This team is playing a lot better. Steve Wilkes is not getting this job. Right, exactly. I mean, they, can they win the division? If they win the division, he's probably going to get the job. He is not getting. I he they can go undefeated. They can't now, but they can go whatever and one. He is not getting this job. I, I will just. I will. I, I don't think he's going to get the job either. But I will just say this: David Tepper likely wants to make a huge splash. Exactly. He will have. He he is putting out feelers already, presumably if he's not an idiot, about who he could possibly get. He's got to trying to find somebody who he can this get. This is the Mark Davis syndrome where Rick Passaccia gets his team to the playoffs. I got to get Josh McDaniels. But, but, but look, but here's the other thing too is Matt Rule's entire tenure was this like floppy, embarrassing, like, like, like just, just. That's terrible. what he loved about him. It's like, a, it's like when you I, get, know he's, I, I know, but I'm just saying Steve Wilkes is like put on professional airs. The team is trying hard. They're in games. I don't think he'll get the job. I think he'll get serious consideration. I don't think it's serious consideration. Okay. Shut up. <laughs> that right, means, that's the first one. We got to move on. But yeah, Billy's, right. Billy's apparently telling us. All right. Thank you, Jack. Broncos twenty-one, Jaguars seventeen. Yeah. All right. Let me let me start by Broncos saying, country. Let's ride. Breach is Super Bowl champ back alive. Let me let me start by saying this. I'll start with you, Breach, because I know Brinson's answer. How concerned should we be about Trevor Lawrence? Uh. More than a little and less than a lot. Because <laughs> he, that end zone interception, unaccept- that's some Zach Wilson level stupidity. Terrible. Terrible. And he has to play better. And I know he can. Go ahead. Well, I can literally point to five plays in this game that oh, were, wow. you can pretty much put on Trevor Lawrence. Uh, obviously, the two interceptions, the one at the one yard line. If you think, and Justin Simmons made a fantastic play yeah. on that pick. But you can, and, but if it gets over his head, it probably still gets picked because there was like two defensive backs back there. So there's no reason to throw that ball in your one yard line. You throw that away, you live to run another play where maybe you don't let Trevor Lawrence throw the ball. So that pick, the pick to end the game again, the DB made had a cast on air cast on his hand and made the <laughs> interception. Like, what are you doing, Trevor Lawrence? And then the Broncos only recorded. You heard him say the cast thing on the, on the, the broadcast. He goes, he had a cast on. Like, are you kidding me? And then uh, Trevor Lawrence only t- the, the Broncos only sacked Trevor Lawrence twice, but they both came on third down in Denver territory, knocked Jacksonville out of field goal range and forced them to punt on both plays. I, I wouldn't put them a hundred percent on Trevor. Cause obviously, you know, your, your offense line struggling a little bit when you get sacked, but the fact that both sacks happened on plays where he held the ball a little bit too long, cause he's looking to make it something happen downfield. And then there was another third down where he took an intentional grounding that forced them to punt. And so, those five plays were mostly Trevor Lawrence's fault and very costly and probably costing the game. Yeah. Without the horrible, without, without Trevor Lawrence's mistakes, they probably win this game. Like Denver, Denver should be two and six and talking about trading Bradley Chubb and Jerry Judy and whoever else. Now that's probably not going to happen. Now the Broncos weren't very good. The Jaguars just lost the game. Um, I, I'm over. I said it last week. I think I think your take is probably the the correct one in the sense that like you can't just not be concerned about Trevor Lawrence, which is like I'm closer to that, right? And you can't be 
overly like you can't be like well trevor lawrence is toast which is where right. wilson is, is closer to it it is probably somewhere in the middle like most arguments are of course you have to be concerned but my take again again i said it last week i treat last year as a red shirt season in the nfl for trevor lawrence i understand that's not how it works in 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 the nfl but that urban meyer thing but like he is basically learning as a rookie right now to me like this is how i thought he would look as a rookie and he doesn't always look perfect, but he has his moments, and then he has some really bad moments. That's to be expected. When he played at Clemson, he was playing like he's basically on the Bills, and he's playing the Texans every week. Now that he's on the Jaguars, as Urban Meyer was, he's like, it's like, Urban Meyer's like, it's like playing Alabama every week. Yeah, welcome to the NFL, Urban. It's it's a, There is an adjustment. Peyton Manning was terrible his rookie season. It, it's, it, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out on Trevor Lawrence. I will keep buying low on Trevor Lawrence and I think it will pay off. When? Not this year? It didn't have to be this year. I just, okay, I, I'm just asking when. Is they, you, well, I, like I said, like I said last week, I think uh, you, you were plugging back in when, when I said, but I treat, I treat last year as a red shirt. No, I know, I know. But you pick him to win the division, or would well, you? Well, let me ask you guys this: Is there any way it turns into a Jared Goff situation where you're just kind of always on the fence until it finally yeah. gets to the point where, yeah, he's probably not going to get absolutely a but lot that, better. That'll be three or four years from now, and I think Brent's is right. Like nothing's going to happen this year. And I, nothing's going to happen. Like no, three or four years from now, he could be Jared Goff for her, for sure. I, I think you're really understanding. Jared really Goff's just, not bad. He's. I think you're really underselling. Like. like this is still very like what. So what is Mac Jones then? He he could be Jared Goff or worse. But Trevor Lawrence, I use Jared Goff because Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence is a much number one overall Jared. pick, and Jared Goff is number one yes, overall. Sure, pick. That's fair. I would say Trevor Lawrence has a much higher ceiling than whatever Jared Goff is right now. Right now, but I think Breach is talking about like for like, like the same point in this in his career. Where were the two quarterbacks, Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence? Where do you think Trevor Lawrence will be in three years? Yeah, exactly. He'll be on a massive contract with the Jaguars playing at a Pro Bowl level. Well, yeah, of course. But we he could very – I say that's probably 65%, but there's a 25% chance he's worse than Jared Goff, and there's whatever the other math is in between that, 15%, 10%, that he is Jared Goff. That's the only thing. Of course, I agree. It's, it's not 100% either yeah, way. Yeah, of course. No, that's – I think – I think where it goes south. I think we all agree, but Jerry, I mean, um, Trevor Lawrence has to play better w wherever he is in his journey. The mistakes in this game were unacceptable. Like you can't play worse than Russ Wilson. <laughs> well, I mean, he did, he did play pretty well in the second half. I mean, the Jaguars have outplayed several opponents this year and should have more wins than they do. Their DVOA prior to this week, I haven't checked this week. They were a, like a top 12 team and they had two wins and they still have two wins after this loss. But, uh, they have been underachieving uh, by a margin that is noteworthy. I'm fine with being done with London football for the year, by the way. Yeah. Well, well we are, except we also have a Germany yeah, game. So I, I do have a Germany Gotta game. wake up at 8 a.m. for that one. The 930 game is, is annoying. All right, you we'll know, see. the one thing I real, real quick will say about the Broncos is that this was easily Russell Wilson's best game of the year. He had three drives where he was – nearly perfect and he had flashes of the russell wilson of old on those drives but on every other possession he looked like the russell wilson we watched for the last seven weeks but you know just the fact that the broncos got flashes of that you go into the bye his hamstring is going to heal and if that offense the defense is a playoff caliber defense and i'm not saying the broncos are gonna make the playoffs i'm just saying they have one of the better defenses in the afc and if the offense can just take a couple baby steps forward uh 
they could get to seven or eight wins, maybe. And still not go to the playoffs. Okay, what's the next game? Seahawks, oh, excuse me, 49ers and Rams. Oh, you got me excited to talk about Eugene. Yeah, we'll talk about Eugene next. Um, oh, boy. Was, so it's eight and nine. Eight and nine for Kyle Shanahan over Sean McVay, the only one being the NFC Championship game in which Jaquiski Tart dropped a surefire interception that would have made it nine, nine. And sent Matthew Stafford to the Hall of Fame, apparently. That's right. Um, let me start it before you keep going. Let me apologize because the C-Max trade apparently appears to be a home run. <laughs> Dante Former went off for the Panthers, but C-Mac it can score in any way imaginable. I appreciate your... Yeah, I'm not going to be one of those guys that leans into him failing because I don't want him to fail. He seems like a decent man. and he's- no, The whole principle was that he's a running back. You don't trade lots of picks for running backs. It's totally fair. Ah, perfect. I was looking for this stat, actually. The last one, last time it happened, pass touchdown, rush touchdown, and a receiving touchdown in the same game, LaDainian Thompson in 05. I can remember watching that that pat, that pat halfback toss. It was like a pitch and then the pass to uh, – because it wasn't like a pass to LT. It was like a pitch and then the toss. Uh, and then David Patton in 2001 did it. The only other running back to do it, Walter Payton's sweetness. Can I ask a question about this 49ers team? Yeah. Uh, Breach, I'll start with you, and then, Brinson, you can follow. I think you know what I'm going to say. Jimmy Garoppolo is on a one-year deal. Who is the 49ers quarterback to start the 2023 season? Thomas Edward Brady. Are you serious or are you joking? I'm half serious. I'm not saying it's it's impossible. It's not not a crazy idea. Okay. Brinson, what what do you think? Because Jimmy Garoppolo is... Garoppolo is balling out. Oh, 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 you were saying versus Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Or I don't think no, no, there's you, no way they're resigning Garoppolo. I just can't see that happening. No, it can be anybody. Yeah, it can be Brady if you think so. Shanahan's not going to flip on Garoppolo after watching Jimmy lead him to the NFC title game. You let him walk. It's that's I feel like that bridge is burnt. Audio sayonara. I mean, it could I don't know. You can build bridges back, buddy. If you yeah. go win a Super Bowl at the 49ers, and all a of a sudden that bridge is chicken right wire back. and duct tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, man. Because the the thing is, is that the more success that Jimmy has, the easier it is to say, okay, the Trey Lance pick was dumb. If you were, if you were like five and twelve, you're fired. But you're twelve and five and making another Super Bowl run with Jimmy. So I'm not going to fire a team that's doing really well, even though that investment appears to be, or at least like incomplete or dumb or whatever it was. Um, I don't. I don't think it's crazy that Jimmy G could be the starting quarterback. I have to resign him to a lot of money. That's the only thing. And I think. But I mean, we're also you could trade Trey Lance. I think you could trade Trey Lance and get a pretty decent return. We're two mm. weeks removed from having a conversation about whether Jimmy's any good because he threw two picks against the Falcons and they lost a game they shouldn't have lost, and then obviously didn't help very much against the Chiefs last week. Jimmy's so, still in my Kirk Cousins basket. Like I don't love him. I think he's good. He's not great. I do. Well, I think adding Christian McCaffrey is transformative for him. It's it, like Jimmy yes. Garoppolo is going to benefit more than anyone from that. Correct. It, the, look, the whole reason they went to Trey Lance is because they wanted the upside of trying to, you know, trying to try to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> right. I, wanted- I, I mean, I would, I would bet that it's, I mean, if, if I think the odds I would set would be like minus 250 for Trey Lance, uh, Jimmy plus 150, and then Tom Brady plus like 350 or something. I say plus eight hundred on Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's done after this. I'm not getting smoked on Tom Brady eight to one bets on the <laughs> chat because he because he decides to come home and and I mean like you could trade. I mean if you if you got to, I don't know I I think it's probably Trey Lance. All right. So are the uh, are the Rams done because of injuries and the offensive line and no running game and 
It feels like there's it's well. It's all- I mean, the biggest the biggest thing for the Rams, and I mean, Sean McVay admitted this. So I'm not you know dragging him unnecessarily. They were throwing the ball to Cooper Cup with like a minute and a half left, down 17 points, Got where they hurt. weren't even trying to go score or do anything. And he rolled up his ankle. If Cooper Cup misses any significant time, the season the toast. The season's over. The season's already over. I, I think this team has too many obstacles to overcome. I mean. I I don't, I don't. I don't think this. They're the third best team in the division. I feel like the uh, they play the Buccaneers in Week Nine this Sunday, and I feel like that is an elimination. Yeah. If you lose no, that game, no. your season's over. I don't think so. No. So you're telling me there's a chance. I feel like I feel like Breach has the Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber haircut as we sit here watching him in that in those rabbit ears. The Rams are a half game, a half game out of the playoffs. Yeah. A lot of teams a half game out. It of is playoffs. weird so, that Brenton loves leaning into being. Uh, like being a troll and like leaning into people like like Bears fans hated him and Dolphins fans hated him, but he is so unbelievably optimistic about the Hall of Fame, playoff chances, revenge bets. Like it's it's a weird dichotomy. Um, revenge, revenge is straight trolling. First of all, um, I, no, I'm just I'm just saying that if look the teams in the playoffs right now are Philly, Minnesota, Seattle is the best team in the NFL. We've decided Seattle and Atlanta are both in the playoffs right now. Those two teams had a combined eleven wins before the season like this it is yeah. very condensed i do the rams look like a playoff team no i'm not going to freak out about them losing to san francisco they always lose to san francisco but they but the thing you have to say is like how are they going to fix their and, and also when you say they're a half game out of the playoffs you need to note that the seventh seeded team that they're half game behind is the 49ers who swept them so really okay, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like how are the 49ers gonna i mean the, the rams half, gonna, Still half game out, right? Or How are the Rams going to fix their ills? Is what I'm asking you, though. I, I, we don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer. I know the answer. Show me base worst season is nine and seven. I, Tom, uh, Mike Tomlin never lost more than he won. Guess what? That's a changing. Let me ask you this, Brinson. Do you know how far air yards, Wilson air yards, Christian McCaffrey threw his touchdown pass? Was it more or less than breach yards, which is 40? Uh, I think it was 34. I, I counted Wilson counted 38, but so breach can throw the ball farther than Christian McCaffrey did on his touchdown throw, which I find impossible to believe. And so he can throw it. That's not like that's his max throw. He can throw it further than 38 yards. Oh, you can't though. That's my point. All right. Yeah, that's next, next six games for the Rams. I just want, so they're three and four, right? I think so. Sure. Three and four. What is their record after these six games at Buccaneers Sunday afternoon, Cardinals at home Sunday afternoon, at Saints, one o'clock game. At Chiefs, afternoon game. Seahawks at home, afternoon game. And Raiders at home, Monday Night Football, December 8th. Two, three, and one. I haven't tied the Buccaneers. So you have them at six. Prediction. That's a crazy prediction. Yeah. So you have them at six, eight, can, and one. <laughs> sure. I can't do the math on that part, but yeah. And then, six, they, eight, close, then they close with the Packers, Broncos, Chargers and Seahawks. It's not so that's four, five, and one down the for the, the, the chat. Reminder. <laughs> just, Kevin McCauley in the chat said oh and six. This is funny. Uh, two <laughs> other people said three and three. I, mean, I think three and three is reasonable. If they're six and seven, they're not going to the playoffs. There's a chance. But if they're six and seven with four games left, that's it. That's right in. Now you'd like to win the division, but that's right in the that's right in the range of you're you're not dead. Like it's it's that's what I'm saying. Like I, of course the Rams don't look good, 
but smashing the like panic button, calling the season over in this season with the way how 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 much parity it is, it seems a little. Sorry, buddy. They have Jeff- to play in Wisconsin in December. So our buddy Joe Musso is in the chat and says, gentlemen, it's been a privilege playing with you tonight. Will Brinson. What does that mean? Uh, where's that quote from? Musso making fun of you for what? Just uh, it's something. Uh, no, it's from, um, oh, is it Titanic? It is Titanic. Oh, you're on, oh, you're on the Titanic plane of violin. <laughs> well done. What a deep cut oh, from Musso. Oh, oh, up high, down hard. Deep cut from Musso. Glad that Brinson got it. All right, by the well way, done. if anybody from Macaulay, I meant to tweet this out last week. My high school. What is Macaulay. that? It's Macaulay Sports Camp. It's an old, old clipboard I've had. But the uh, you know, the the guy who the guy who had the guy who uh, whose name is on it is the current headmaster. So yeah, see if I can that off. This is something no one cares about. So let's move on. No one. All right. Go Billy on. says move on quickly, and you're talking about your Billy. Your high can school. you go back and delete what Princeton just said from the podcast? <laughs> Shout out Macaulay. F y'all. All right, what's next? Desperation is a stinky cologne. Into that, brother. <laughs> All right. Revenge game for who, Ryan? I don't know which game we're doing. You have what's his full name? Say his name. What's my name? Oh. E3. Eugene Cyril Smith third. So for the folks you said had written you off, maybe, what do you say to them? Yeah, they wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. That's the problem. I ain't right back. I, I love Gino Smith. He is such a lovable. Guy. I love. I, I cannot believe that we've gotten here in 2022. He has done a 180, not a th- maybe 360. I don't know. I think it's like a 720. He's done it all. Because remember when he got punched by the random linebacker before the start Bill? of the season? Yeah. EK, somebody. EK, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, for in the, in the Jets, yeah. Eric K, the guy who's going to jail. Our <laughs> <laughs> boss, he got arrested for. Yeah. But th- we were like, oh, Gino's just a. Uh, not being smart, he, he doesn't take the team seriously. And now, you know, he's bided his time. Went from the Jets to the Giants to the Chargers. Now he's in uh, Seattle. Beat out Drew Locke in quotation marks, and he is just balling out. When you watch him play, and I, he I, looks so good. He is so good. He throws. I mean, I I can't get over how good Geno Smith is. And Tyler Lockett dropped the touchdown pass. It hit him right in the hands before he caught another one a few uh, a few minutes later. So he could have had an extra touchdown pass on a. Oh yeah, that that was a great throw. A terrible. Dude, and, just throws dimes. The, I mean, remember, Gino was like, okay, so just two quick things on Gino. One, like he when he came out of West Virginia, he was gonna be the top quarterback taken. EJ Manuel was the only one taking the first round in 2013. Goes to the Bills. Gino's story of falling into the into the next day, like he left the green room. He left New York City and bounced. This is when the draft used to be at Radio City Music Hall. Yep. And he was so angry that he wasn't a first-round pick that he said, peace out. And then the Jets took him in round two. And Mark Dude, Sanchez is 101 to an MVP right now. I said two weeks ago, and, and Billy made a YouTube short that I said that you, uh, Eugene Cyril third, third should be MVP, and people were laughing at me. Uh, by the way, the Giants, his, his tenure at the Giants, you remember what he's famous for there? Yeah, crushing Eli's dreams and hopes. <laughs> ben ending, ending the streak. Ben McAdoo benched. Eli for Gino. This is great. Two back-to-back revenge games. Chargers and Giants, one of five quarterbacks to ever beat their former team in the consecutive game, former teams in consecutive games. Earl Morrell just uh, Well, also, this, this game today, or the, the Seahawks-Giants game, matched the only two quarterbacks who Eli Manning ever got benched for. Ooh. Gino versus Daniel. Great call. You know what's funny uh, about this new 
newfangled slash old-fangled Seahawks offense is that now that Russ is gone, Pete Carroll lets Geno cook. And by that, I mean they go for it on fourth down. Like they had a third and eight that they were going to throw the ball. Geno actually scrambled for six yards. And then they went for it on fourth and two and got it. Shovel pass to Disley for a first down two plays later. Geno to DK in the back of the end zone, 7 nothing uh, in the second quarter. Well, let me ask you this about, about that. What? How much of that do you think is Pete being like, F it, I'm going to change everything I do and just do stuff that Russell would love to do and win in spite of him because, you know, F him? Or is it how much of it is Pete, after Russell became a star quarterback and sort of became the focal point of the offense, Pete didn't like the fact that he would go so off. Like Gino doesn't go off script. Like we, we always like, Oh, Russell, the magic magic means offense where you run around in the backfield. But like, that's just what Russell would kind of do. Cause that's what kind of player Russell was. And Gino is stays very much in the system, but the system is working for him. So like, which, what, 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 what do you think? It's well, just- that's what it feels like. It feels like Pete Carroll did not like all the improvisation that Russell Wilson gave him. He's like, look, man, this is the playbook. You follow the playbook. Our offensive coordinators are multiple ones you have gone through. Uh, they do that. You can't just <laughs> run around and create plays because, like we always say with Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, that style is just not sustainable. It, it's exciting to watch and can be fun, but it's not sustainable. And Gino's just back here being a machine, hitting all his reads, making all the throws he needs to, only leaving the pocket when he has to. And Pete Carroll's just back there like, I knew my system would work with the right quarterback. And, and the funny thing is, Breach. Gino was 23 of 34, so he threw the ball 34 times. They ran the ball 25 times. The biggest complaint from Seahawks fans and the rest of us is that Russ wasn't allowed to do those sorts of things. But I think, Brinson, you're, I think you're actually onto something. I don't think Pete Carroll's being vindictive. I think he's like, okay, I can trust this guy. And again, it just goes to show that a lot of times we don't know what we're talking about. Like when we're pointing fingers at guys like Pete Carroll and John Schneider for not taking advantage of Russ Wilson when you have him. The reality is I would imagine they're much happier now with Eugene Cyril Smith III than they are with Russ Wilson for obvious reasons. And uh, have you seen his contract? That probably helps. We need to, we need to get a clip of uh Billy. We need go ahead and mark down. We need to get Walter White saying, Say my name. What's my name? And then when he does that, Wilson can say Eugene, but I can't ever remember his last name. Eugene Cyril Smith III. The the other thing too, has to be pointed out. Again, just so we know. <sighs> People realize it. The Seahawks draft class is crushing. Crushing it. And it is like, in my opinion, somebody tried to say it was like 2012 Seahawks, but they had Russ. It was a third rounder. Like, that's an entirely different atmosphere. This reminds me of the 2017 Saints draft class. They they got all defensive guys in this draft class. They're crushing it. What, are they got a stud running back? Oh, right. Kenneth in the second round. Ken, sorry. Ken, they got Ken Walker, just like Kamara in in the second round, I think, for the Saints. They they drafted a first round, uh, a first round tackle who's smashing Charles Cross and Ryan Ramchek. To me, there's a lot of similarities. Where if this draft class is as good as it's looked through eight weeks of football, then like if they don't get all these guys, the Seahawks aren't as good as they are. I mean, yeah, Abe not- Lucas, Abe Lucas might have been a day two pick, the the right tackle out of Washington State. Pick, yep. And then of course they got Tariq Woolen, who was a converted wide receiver who ran a like a four two something. And doesn't have a lot of experience, but he is a long Richard Sherman built corner, but much faster. Kobe Bryant, he played opposite Sauce Gardner in Cincinnati, has played well. 
not as well as Tariq Woolen, but well enough to see a lot of time on the field. And that's exactly right. Boya Mafe, the second round pick, had a sack today, I believe. Edge rusher out of Minnesota. I, I mean, these guys are all fantastic athletes. Um, even the offensive linemen. And Mafe, they're sort of like he's playing like fifty percent, like sub fifty percent of the snaps most of the time. But like, you know, they're, they're doing this. They've done. They're doing a great job. This draft class is boosting this team in a way that I don't think the team gets boosted if you just swap Gino and, and Russ. Now, of course, they they traded Russ and they get a bunch of draft picks. But we the whole time we said get Russ an offensive line. They get rid of Russ and then they get an offensive line for Gino, and he's the beneficiary of that for sure. Maybe, maybe yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, quickly, Richie James cost the Giants this game. He fumbled two, oh, yeah, he fumble muffed two fumbles. He hopefully he's okay. He was concussed in the second one. Whether he was concussed or not, you just act like you're hurt, so you can they can take you off the field on on the cart, and you don't have to face the wrath of of fans who are Seahawks, angry. I know the Giants are not. And well, I mean, do you real? Obviously, it was huge because the Seahawks got ten points out of that, but. It really felt like the Seahawks were the better team. The Giants struggled to really do anything well, you can't at all. Turn, you can't turn the ball over on, on two month punts, though. Well, right. No, obviously you can't. This is just, like the opposite of the the uh, the Dolphins line. Like, but it lets like, the Giants off the hook for not doing anything on offense. I mean, yeah, you got to so give right. some serious praise to the Seahawks defense, which was just god awful the first few weeks of the season. I mean, they yeah, were giving yeah. up that's uh, right. points left and right. Give up forty five points to the Lions, uh, thirty nine points to the Saints. And now you look at what they've done the last three weeks. The Cardinals couldn't even hit double digits. The Chargers got 23, but it was a garbage time score at the end. Uh, and then holding the Giants is 13. Like the defense feels, has looked like Pete Carroll wants it to look. This yeah. feels a lot like, not, not like the, not the Legion of Boom, like when they won the Super Bowl, but sort of the same, like I said, the 2010, 2011 Seahawks, where, but like it's working this time. Whereas, you know, with Tavares and, and Matt Hasselbeck, it didn't work. And now with Gino, it is working, and the defense is coming together. Ken Walker's – oh, my God. I love Kenneth Walker. Here's the thing. He was my running back one, and I was on set at Indianapolis sitting next to Brees Hall, who I love. is my running back two. And Jamie Eisenberg and his infinite stupidity said, hey, this dumbass said That's you're running – He's a troll. Jamie's the, one of the biggest trolls. <laughs> he said, there. Wilson said you're running back two, and, you know, I thought Brees Hall was going to reach into my – down my throat and rip my heart out. He said, uh, I'm top two and I'm not two. And <laughs> I was like, but you know what? Brees Hall didn't appear to be wrong. And maybe you weren't wrong either. Like both guys are really they're good. Both great. Halls, right? And I, I like them both. Uh, the funniest thing for me in this game was, uh, like I mentioned, Mark Sanchez was calling the game and Jason Meyer had one of the field goals partially blocked, but it was a knuckleball breach. I don't know if you saw that. And he sort of hit the back upright, the back support. The stanchion. And, stanchion. Thank you. And uh, Sanchez said, that looked like a knuckleball, like from Chuck Knobloch. And I'm like, I said, wait a second. Chuck Knobloch had trouble throwing the ball to first Chuck base. Knobloch was a second baseman. They came back from break, break and he says, I, I met Tim Wakefield. Sorry. <laughs> I, I thought That's it was hilarious. pretty funny. Yeah, that, that was good. All right. What's All right. That? We are actually, we're going to skip three games. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. But we're going to quickly note stuff about them, whether Billy likes it or not. You can't just tell us to shut up. One sentence on each. Five seconds. Cowboys 49, Bears 29. Bears offense might be okay. Thank you for letting having design runs for for Justin. Do you have a five second statement breach or no? Uh, Cowboys now eight and zero all time when Tony Pollard gets fifteen or more touches in a Ooh. game. They've averaged thirty seven points per game in those wins. All right, what's next? Billy Baker uh, lineup had pot, like Pollard was like sixty five percent owned. It was like two hundred and seventy five percent ownership insanity. Titans seventeen, Texans ten. This is easy, and we move on. Derrick Henry, yeah. six. 
200 yard rushing games. I think he's tied with uh, OJ and a couple others. Adrian Peterson. That's Adrian it. Peterson. Thank you, Breach. He also has in his last four games against the Texans. Four million plus, yards. 200 plus rushing yards and two plus rushing touchdowns in every single game. That is wild. Start play Adrian Peterson. I mean, play Derrick Henry, excuse me, when he and plays the, uh, the Texans. Breach, one question. Uh, is there a quarterback controversy after Malik Willis went six for 10? They let Malik Willis throw 10 passes. So I think that is your question. And one terrible interception. All right, what's next? No. Finally, Commander 17, Colts 16. What a game. I have a question. Is Carson Wentz better than Taylor Heineke? No. That's what I said before the season. Not even close. Breach, are you encouraged that was a by bad trade? Are you encouraged by Sam Ellinger, Breach? Uh, I didn't see enough of him to The answer is uh, yes. He was he was not bad. They scored 16 points in games with Matt Ryan. They scored 16 points in this game. Jonathan Taylor had a terrible fumble. They didn't help him out at the end. Sam Ellinger had a t- terrible fumble. It's not his fault. All right. Colts, what's next? Colts get that's it. Colts get smoked by the Patriots next week. Yeah, I get I can see that. That's it. That's oh, really? That's Happy Halloween, fools. What is happening here? Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Happy Halloween. We'll be back Monday. New live show, one o'clock. We're gonna break down some of the bigger storylines. You look nothing wrong with looking like a woman, but you look like a woman right now. Um, we'll bring that to the Subscribe, turn on alerts. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Breach, for Wilson, I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.